Okay, with the filmmaking team of Modus Operandi, Brisbane's Ripper Suspect, David Hodgeskin and Alice Walker is with us. Uh, they're in Australia, and I think it's 5.30 in the morning while I'm talking to them. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this, guys. So this, this is a, um, a kind of a documentary crime mystery played at our crime mystery film festival. Is it an urban legend or a conspiracy theory, your film? Well, I, uh, I would say it's a bit of a, a urban myth. Um, yeah. You'd agree, Alice? <laughs> I would completely agree. Um, uh, but I don't know. It does have the hints of conspiracy theory in there. Yeah. A lot of it. But I think because just like the locality of Brisbane and the community, it is a bit of an urban myth. So this is a film from film school. So it's uh, it's uh, CAE Creative Media Institute, correct? That's in Australia? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Um, a few campuses, I believe, in Europe as well. Um, and we've got a few campuses around Australia and our capital cities. Um, but it's a very small university. It's, it's, you know, we kind of have to hold our own amongst some of the bigger film schools in Australia. Yeah. And, um, you know, we thought maybe... Well, I particularly thought as producer as well as the director that um, a subject matter such as this would kind of put us on the map a little bit, um, make it something unique, something different, um, kind of be a bit bold as well at the same time, because ultimately it was a legacy project and it was something that you wanted to take away from university and be proud of. Yeah. And um, a year later, I'm pretty sure we've done that. <laughs> We're very proud of what we've put together. How did you guys, where, did you guys meet, you guys met in school? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And there was, had connect, there was creative connection between the two of you? We had classes together. Um, we didn't really work on projects until I kind of jumped in on modus operandi, honestly. Um, but yeah, yeah. But I'm really glad we did. So it worked out really well. So yeah, whose idea, whose idea was this? Uh, I kind of had it in my back pocket for a while. Um, when we were doing our kind of documentary class kind of midway through our, our degrees, I kind of had it in my back pocket and thought, gee, this would be something to really pursue. <laughs> I was just compelled from the start when I saw the urban myth and saw that nothing had really kind of been done about it. Um, I just, yeah, was really fixated on it. But it was kind of almost too grand a project to fit into a single kind of semester of school and thought, you know, we'll leave that for another time. And um, if there are enough people and enough support by the time that we need to do our grad films um we can make an official pitch to our lecturers and everyone else in the cohort and um if successful we'll proceed with it and uh, luckily we did so how does that work you guys like not everybody i'm assuming gets to make their direct their film so how does it work where you guys pitch to the to your professors well yeah that's that's exactly right um you know we we had a fairly small cohort of about oh, under 20 people and we had about well, five or six projects that were kind of pitched. Um, our lecturers and professors would tell us, you know, yeah, we can really see this happening. We'll green light it or we'll yellow light it, saying that, yeah, it's looking great, but you might need a few more numbers on your team or a bit more research done. And there was a few that was said, look, it's just too grand an idea for a student film. We, we mm -hmm. can't green light this. And um, initially, you know, it was a bit of a yellow light because they said, you know, look, this is a bit of a, you know, big subject matter for a bunch of students you might need to rely on other <laughs> on other yeah. um projects not getting up and getting more numbers and research on your side and then we yeah. can green light it and 
Um, unfortunately, I believe, Alice, one of your projects didn't quite get up there, but that's how, you know, this project came about. And it's it's one of those kind of double-edged swords where um, other projects couldn't get greenlit in order for ours to get greenlit. Gotcha. So what, what do you think convinced them that yours was the project to, to, to do? Sorry, we just glitched what, out. <laughs> I said, what, what, what do you think convinced them that this was the project for them to do? Well, yeah, I don't know about you, Alice, but I feel like everyone else was just as compelled as us um, when we kind of brought it together. And I know that my class was a bit kind of sick of me every time we kind of do these two or three pitches where I would start off, did you know that Jack the Ripper could be buried in this city? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else had that I... kind of, oh, really? <laughs> that same reaction. <laughs> Yeah, I think just every time we got up there and pitched something or bring something new to the table, we didn't even give them really room to even fault us in our pitching or our research. We kind of came into this meeting to do a lot more work than some other films just mm. to prove ourselves that this is an appropriate thing to look into for film school. Um, yeah, it was surprising. Like We've had two documentaries in our class for grad film, which usually never happens. There's always kind of like short films and stuff or music videos. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's surprising that we got through, but yeah, we definitely had to prove ourselves a lot more than the other short filmmakers. So correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like David, you're like, you were really into this from for a long time. You're kind of into the story, you kind of knew it. And then Alice kind of came in it from like, a, an average fan's perspective, I guess, we're like, so it's kind of like two interesting perspectives. It's like, she's kind of like the, you're kind of like the, you know what I mean? Like the, I guess you're like the crazy fan. I'm just using a, like a, a fanboy sports analogy. And she's kind of like the casual observer. And if she's interested, then everybody else would be interested, I guess. Would that be correct or no? Yeah, no, par partially. <laughs> but I think also it, the timing was right in that true crime documentaries um, are just taking off at the moment. Yeah, um, so look I, at all the podcasts, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Timing was just right. And, yeah, it was all part of the kind of pitch process that if you want to get support, then we need people that have that passion, enthusiasm and drive. Yeah. Uh, and that bit of curiosity as well. And um, Alice, um, when she approached me, had all those things um and the curiosity and passion to pursue it that was that was just music to my ears when um alice came along and said i want to be part of the project i gotta ask where did you find uh paul tully the ripperologist and what's a ripperologist <laughs> um well <laughs> we went through a lot of newspaper articles because this myth hadn't really been touched in our media for probably over a decade probably it was about 2008 we were looking through newspaper articles yeah. And Paul Tully, our local kind of um, congressman from a town outside of Brisbane, um, was labelled a ripperologist <laughs> in these newspapers. He looks like the Kentucky Fried Chicken in the States, so go ahead. <laughs> uh... Well, he, he, was a, he was a good character. Um, but, yeah, he was a very busy um, politician, and um, he was all on board from the start. And it was kind of, it kind of um, worked out well that he had the same passion and enthusiasm that we were all mm. looking for. And was more than willing to talk to us about it. So, um, and he definitely dressed for the occasion on the day, I believe, Alice. <laughs> the red. Oh, absolutely. He showed up. <laughs> so, this is so interesting that um, this is interesting because like, you guys kind of interviewed, like, interviewed a lot of good people. 
and it's like it's all it's eight minutes and it's Chris film and it's pretty really interesting to watch. But at the same time, it's like this this is a this could be a bigger project if you really want it to be. Is that what any of you guys are interested in doing, or you guys are you got your student film and you're moving on to other projects? Uh, yeah, personally, I think we've got our student project and moving on. Um, yeah, there was plenty plenty that we could have put in, um, but I think just the student timing didn't allow us to make it bigger than it could have been um but i think that's the ripper case in general um it's still not sold and i don't think it ever will be and um when we was talking about different angles i mean gosh many angles and what we could have included in in the space of a short film um there, there was just yeah, there was just so many to pick from. And um, look, I think, yeah, if more time was granted, yeah, we definitely would have made it a lot longer. Um, but I think yeah. that's probably what makes it more satisfying that we could fit in what we could. Um, a lot of detail, but trying not to, well, try and keep the audience's attention as well in the space of eight minutes. And um, we're, we're glad that we think we've achieved that. Um, 100%. And it, it's really nicely edited. You got some stock footage. Where'd you guys grab your, find your stock footage? Ooh, everywhere. <laughs> I feel like we researched everywhere. I know um, I was looking through um, certain um, libraries and archives, um, particularly in the British Library and our local Queensland Library. I know, Alice, you were looking through lots of newspaper articles that dated back over 100, mm. like over 100 years. Um, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah, I found the hardest part um, was that our suspect went through many aliases. Um, he was a serial cop man that just jumped around. Um, so that was really the toughest part when looking through not just the pictures, but also the archives. Um, Alice, um, yeah, I, that, I had those. <laughs> yeah, see, actually, honestly, that was one thing that we actually really struggled with in the editing process, just finding what this man has done. Because obviously a lot of people have committed crimes under a lot of different names. Any one of those people could have been like Thomas Perot or Walter Thomas Perot. Like I think his birth name was like what Andrew or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, see that was just it was really interesting because we could only ever really draw like actual concrete facts from like crimes or you know anything committed under that specific name of Walter Thomas Perot. But there's just so much that we're missing out on that we can just never really find out. I guess because like I feel like this it's past the point of people finding out. But I really hope it's not it. But yeah. So in terms of, do you guys have a script already written? I know you guys did some interviews. Like, uh, I was just curious how the process worked. Did you guys just like, let's go do some interviews and then come back and kind of we'll figure out like the plot points in the story? Is that how you guys kind of put the film together? So I originally joined as the writer. And so we kind of just loosely based um, a story around what kind of answers we wanted to receive from the subjects. Yeah. from the interviewees and what kind of you know we, we we loosely wrote down what answers we predicted and how to tie that in with the narrative of the story and everything like that um and then once we actually got those interviews and got like subject matter um then we're able to like cohesively write the script and piece it together and start the editing process but a lot of the writing and a lot of the script was completely re-pieced together like several times during the editing process gotcha and that's yeah. pretty that's a yeah because it, it was eight minutes what you what you wanted it to always be or is that is that a time that that it needed to be or yeah um, i think it needed to be under pretty... 10 minutes i suppose okay yeah. hmm. sorry keep going dude yeah no no that's right i mean 
um, during the pitching process. Um, I know that there was a bit of pushback on that, that we were kind of going in there, um, you know, just open-minded pretty much. And they're like, well, no, you need a kind of set strategy. And that was kind of part of the questioning um, process is to find the right questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't too unpredictable, but there were some certainly amazing answers um, that we were given that certainly changed the structure. Um, that gave us kind of maybe a good problem in that there were so many angles and structures we could have put yeah. together. Um, but I think out of all the interviewees, that kind of um, gave us the most unique insights and the most unique answers was Professor Flood, um, the way that he talked about um, the serial killer and just the way he spoke. It's as the well. heart of your film. Yeah. And you guys, it was nicely shot too. You guys got close on him and basically you could, I don't know if that was instinctual when you're, when you're uh, interviewing him, but kind of start with a long shot. And then when he got serious, you guys went into a close up and uh, he, yeah, he's the heart of your film because I, we, as an audience, he just, he's convincing to believe we, we believe him. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And he's definitely a, a credible source as well. hundred um, percent. Yeah. Very smart man, very knowledgeable. And yeah, like I said, the way he spoke as well, like we, our crew were just kind of fixated on him when we were filming and um, some real hard emphasis on, yeah, the some of the kind of damning facts um, yeah. about serial killers just works perfectly. Are you, are these your subjects, have they watched the film yet? Yes, they have. Yeah. Okay. What did they think of it? Well, everything's been positive. <laughs> no one has said, whoa, guys, what are you thinking? So the <laughs> um, film... Yeah, they, they've all been very happy with how it's turned out. And um, they were all just glad to be a part of it. They were really helpful, all the interviewees. So the film's doing well. You guys made the student film a year ago. Obviously, it's playing all, a bunch of festivals in Australia. It, it played at the Or Horgens Film Festival in Tucson, Sweden, Sweden Film Awards. Then you got Dumbo, which is a good festival. Uh, in New York City, kind of my my background, where I, I used to live in that area. And then, of course, played Arfest and Chalk. Like, it's doing well. Like, are you guys... Like, how does it feel that you made this like student film from Australia and it's kind of playing all over the world? Well, I'm still pinching myself. <laughs> I yeah, this is astronomically better than I ever thought would really happen. Like, I think the day that we got word that we had been accepted into a Sweden, like a Swedish film festival, was really when it kind of hit. Like, wow, this is actually going somewhere. I, I think. To call yourself an international film director is just insane to me, and that's I thought I did. I thought I wouldn't get this out of film school, but like I did, and that's just shocking. And I'm so grateful and happy about it. Like every single day, I think about it. It's insane, but yeah. So yeah. there's so we- many more festivals as well that we've entered that we hope to hear from by the end of the year. And uh, I remember that you know I was just happy if we got one look in. Um, one selection, you know, yeah. let alone to even win a festival was a dream come true. And then, um, yeah, it, it's it's been unreal. <laughs> and hopefully, it doesn't stop for the next couple of months because we're enjoying it, absolutely loving it. So we we send you the audience feedback to you, North American audience feedback. What did you guys think about our audience have to say about your film? Oh, it, it warmed my heart. <laughs> it, it really did because um, it, it was there was some really tough times during the project as well, when we're trying to meet deadlines and work in progress deadlines set by our university. Um, there was just so much work put into this and to see the kind of an independent audience 
speak about our project the way they did. Um, I, I'm not ashamed. It brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> it really did. Um, really kind of brought it home for me. I know it's so hard to get swept up in like the really harsh criticisms from like your facilitators and everything at film school. Yeah. Um, I know they have to push you a lot to make sure your project gets to where it can be. And I, I really did that with ours. But um, again, it, it was hard not to be disheartened by that. So really seeing people from like the industry and actually the real world enjoy our film like that yeah. was incredibly validating. And yeah, it was just really warming to see an experience. Well, I think you guys made a great film and it's like perfectly edited too. Nice edit, nice, like nice production design. So I like, I, I think you guys are on to something. So I don't know if you guys are going to work together again or move on to your, with your lives. I know you guys have to go to a, to your quote unquote day job right now, but you guys are <laughs> filmmakers and, and hopefully we can talk again and uh, hopefully you guys can make more films out of school and hopefully this is just the beginning of your career. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank so you. Too. Thank you very much. Thanks for doing this, guys. I know, like, just people know, like, we had a, a little bit of a disorganization or a hard time uh, getting organized here. It's just it's one hundred percent my bad. One hundred percent my bad. So I appreciate your guys' the joy of time zones. Uh, your patience <laughs> doing this because it was like I, I just said, like, create strikes with kids and stuff like that with like teachers, and it was just crazy. So I appreciate your patience with this, and uh, I seriously, I hope we can talk again. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel, Shlemazel.